you say, I thought you knew. Or I put it shorter, show enough. Because sometimes you don't want to say a lot. He's real good that way. I'm from Phoenix, Arizona. That's my hometown. And two of my five came with me. And I'm just thankful. I'm just thankful. God is really awesome. And when you think about how he loved you first, you know, when somebody loves you, you should pay it back and love them back, right? Because you know they're going to cover you all the time. So I'm glad God loves me in spite of myself and my faults. He is real good. Eldo Bannon know me. <laughs> and um, I'm just grateful for the baptism that took place today for the new candidates. Amen. We ought to be really rejoicing for that. I know when I was baptized, I was happy. So if nobody else was, I was for myself. But I want to encourage those new candidates, no matter what's happening, there's going to be something in the very marrow of your bones. Jeremiah said it's going to be shut up fire like shut up in your bones. So just know, keep on, keep on keeping on for the Lord. Amen.
Once again, it's our privilege to welcome the radio audience across the valley, the Las Vegas Valley, to the worship service of the Abundant Life Seventh-day Adventist Church. The church is pleased to welcome you today to the final preaching, the final programming of our revival, our summer revival, conducted by one of our associates, Pastor Wayne O'Bannon. We have been truly blessed. I hope that some of you were able to see and to hear the proceedings by your streaming on the internet. But be that as it may, you're on with us today and we are asking that you pray as the evangelist speaks to us. He has been preaching the good old fashioned gospel and it's been Bible-based, and I know the same will be true today. But before he speaks to us, I want to acknowledge his parents who are with us. Brother and Sister Bannon, just raise your hand and wave. Isn't it wonderful to have them here today? And we thank their, I've known them for a long time. I knew them when they were sending tuition to a certain school down south. And they did a wonderful job. And the sister who has been playing, give her a hearty amen, church. Amen. We thank you. And of course, Devin, the son, and the precious wife who have been supporting nightly in what Pastor O'Bannon has been leading us in accomplishing in this revival. Now, church and listening audience, when Pastor O'Bannon has finished, you're going to hear an announcement. I have an announcement to make that will uh, please you, no doubt, in some respects. Might not please you in others. But the conference has seen his good works, and they want to extend his ministry. That's all I'll say for now. Uh, they, they want to extend his ministry. And I'm going to let him preach real hard before I tell you all about that. <laughs> but we'll deal with it. You pray with him while he's preaching. It's my pleasure to present to you who know him and to introduce to those of you who don't, our evangelist, a man whom God has blessed with many talents, one of which is the preaching of the word, and he will speak to us after we've had 
our next message in song.
again, saints. Amen and amen. It's nice to have my parents up. Truly is a blessing. It's nice to see your smiling faces. And I want to say good morning, family. Happy seventh day Sabbath. How many of you were here last night? Praise the Lord. Is there anyone here that was here last night? This is your first seventh-day Sabbath. You're worshiping anybody? Okay, that's okay. God is going to do some wonderful things. When I awakened this morning, I felt his presence, and I, and I knew that he was going to do something very special on this, his holy day. I can't believe we're at the end of the revival. It, it's, it seems like only yesterday I was preaching the message on your day in court. Are you ready for that day? Again, I want to thank those who came out nightly during the, the week and those who tuned in by way of the internet, by way of the radio station. Thank you so much for blessing us with your presence and I pray that you were blessed with the word of God. I want to thank all those who assisted me, Pastor Rock, Pastor Lewis, the musicians, the Bible workers, the ushers, the deacons. Thank you so very much. We've had a blessed time together. But it's time to come to an end. And I'm going to miss the joy and the fellowship that we have had together. We've had a wonderful week. This has been an exciting week for me. I'm, I'm still on my, on my sweet fast until after this message. <laughs> I'm still excited and exhilarated what the Lord has done, will do, and has been doing. And it is my prayer that this final message will so prick your hearts that you will desire to tell everyone that Jesus is coming soon. And when it's all done and said, you and I will have chosen to stand firm so when Jesus comes, we can stand with him for all eternity. Amen? Amen. Let us pray. Father God, we've come to the end of the revival, but Lord... There is still time for us to share this good news message with others. Lord, I ask that you touch the hearts of the individuals under the sound of my voice, whether they are here in the building, whether they are listening on the radio, whether they're tuning in via the Internet. Lord, there's just a little time left. And not only do we have to get ourselves ready, but we need to spread this good news to others so that they can have the hope that we have and they can look forward to that day when Jesus comes in the clouds of glory to take us home. We are looking forward, Lord, to a real heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Is heaven real? There was a popular song out 
some years ago. Some of you all may or may not remember it. It was entitled, If I Rule the World. I guarantee you some young folk have no idea about that song. But some of, my, some of our more senior folk, like myself, do remember that song. And in that song, the songwriter would say, if I rule the world, he would be sure that every day would be like the first day of spring. He also said he'd be sure that every person would be as free as a bird if I rule the world. Free as a bird. One day, we're going to be able to fly. Do you, do you remember that? When we get to heaven, we are going to have wings. If I rule the world, it would be sunshine every day. But now let me ask you a question. How would things be if you ruled it? If you ruled the world, how many things would you change? Some of you might immediately make some changes in the law and, and everybody could sleep until noon every day. Some of the young people might want all the vegetables to taste like chocolate chip cookies. <laughs> but I'm sure most of us have bigger things in mind. You'd want this to be a place of peace, a place of harmony, no more struggling, no more wars, no more sadness and poverty. If you rule the world, you would want it to be a perfect place of happiness and peace. But brothers and sisters, the question is, what if God ruled the world? There was a time when God ruled this world. And it was a perfect world. We've read about it all this week. It was a perfect world. Trees, flowers, beautiful beyond compare. But an enemy came in. And our parents, Adam and Eve, chose to follow his way and move away from God. And now this is a world in ruin. But when God ruled the world, Genesis tells us that it was a perfect world. There was no suffering. There was no sin, no sadness, no pain, and no discouragement. I'm looking forward to that world because it's coming again. In Genesis, there was a perfect world, and God is soon going to restore this earth. It tells us in Revelation that he is going to restore this earth to newness of life, and it will be perfect once again. But what is it that happened between Genesis and Revelation? What happened to this perfect world? This perfect environment, the air was pure. The earth was perfect. Life isn't easy down here. Through sin, Satan, who used to be an angel in glory named Lucifer, through sin, he has made this his personal playground. And he has kicked some of us around real hard, like a kickball. But that won't last long. Every one of us has, have ex, has experienced the loss of a loved one. 
brother, sister, husband, wife, cousin, relative. What will happen when Jesus comes? There'll be no more death. We won't have to be sad about our loved ones who have gone on. There'll be no more sickness and worry. What does the Bible say? This amazing book about the end time. The Bible tells us that one day soon we're going home. Most people think this earth is their home. Why? Because they have no future hope. They have not studied the word and know that one day soon Jesus is coming in the clouds of glory. They have not read that earth one was a perfect earth. And now earth one part two is a destructive earth. But earth two is coming. And earth two will not have an earth two part two because it will be perfect for an eternity. I'm looking forward to that day. How about you? Sin will no longer have its reign. Soon, we will be able to do things now that we can't do. I had a friend when we were in Africa, went to South Africa, and we went to a, a, um, a lion safari type of thing. You, you could drive your car in. They open the gates, you drive your car in, and lions were roaming free. I, I should have put that picture up here, but I didn't. My friend who I was riding with over there, they have right-hand drive vehicles. So I'm sitting on what would be normally our driver's side. Well, we're driving along, and here is this lion sitting down, eating what appears to be the hind leg of a horse. Big old piece of meat. And my friend, and I don't remember if I've told this story before, he rolled up, and at first, the lion was about, you know, from where I am to Sister Bray, and we were admiring him. Then all of a sudden, my friend rolled up next to the lion, and I could look out of the window like I'm looking at Pastor Rock. And we're admiring, and I have my camera, and I'm taking the picture, and all of a sudden, in my video camera, I see the window go by the camera. My friend has let the window down. And the lion is right here. I could literally, if I wanted to, put my hand out and touch the lion. And I'm saying to myself, Connie, please let the window back up. Because lions are not slow. And as I looked at this lion, his, he wasn't just like laid out. His back legs were crouched. And I, I was imagining to myself, just quick, whoo. I said, please let the window up. He was laughing and I was not moving. I did not want to startle that lion. One day we will be able to pet lions. We will be able to lay on them like Daniel in a more perfect world, even than in the beginning. In this new earth, the air will be fresh. No more coughing, no more wheezing, no more need of oxygen tanks. Think about Eden of old. That's just how it was. 
I can imagine Adam and Eve walking through the fields of grain, seeing the beautiful flowers, seeing them, just, just imagine the beauty. The flowers would retain their beauty, have beautiful aromas, yellow, blue, purple, and then the fruit, grapes, mangoes, just so delicious. That day is coming again, brothers and sisters. My wife has bought some grapes home and they look so delicious and I put one in my mouth. It's almost like that persimmon effect, Doc. It's like, I thought these were going to be sweet. One day soon, everything, all the fruit will be sweet. All the fish of the sea will be beautiful. I mean, remember how beautiful Nemo was. That beautiful orange and white. One day soon, my brothers and sisters, we won't have to be afraid of animals. Other animals won't have to be afraid of animals. Lions and tigers and little lambs will be able to play together. Animals now that have these other animals for dinner. Adam and Eve lived in a garden of perfection. A, 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 a garden that God had prepared for them. And you know what? We were supposed to be a part of that. But the devil, he caused all this problem. In the garden, there was no barrier between Adam and Eve. There was no barrier between them and their creator. There was no distrust, no hatred, no jealousy. It was all a place of perfection. God made this just for you and I. Jesus working with our Father. But sin interrupted God's plan. Adam and Eve rebelled against God because they listened to the enemy. And because of that, they had to leave the garden. The animals wondered, why are they leaving? Possibly. But they had to go. And then God made them a promise. He said, I promise you that Eden will be restored. You will be restored to this perfect planet, this perfect garden, if you obey my will and my way. If you listen to the prophets, I will soon destroy this enemy. Acts chapter 3 and verse 20 and 21 says, And that he may send Jesus, who was preached to you before, whom heaven must receive until the times of what? Restoration. I think the Winans used to have a song that said, Restoration has finally come. But it's not yet, but it will be coming. And it says further, which God has spoken by the mouth of his holy prophets since the world began. The Lord said he would soon make a new heaven. And a new earth. But the Bible says further in 2 Peter 3.13. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for a what? New heavens and a new earth 
in which righteousness dwells. Today, this world is full of secular desires. We have made up our minds. We have decided that we want nice cars and we want nice houses to the point that they have become our gods. Men get out of their cars, click their little clicker, walking away and they look back and say, mm, that looks so nice. Or you're invited over to somebody's house and say, yes, I have this and I have that. Isn't that beautiful? We are making these things that will soon be utterly destroyed our gods. But the reality is, this is what we want. We want a place of no more suffering, a new world with no more headaches and no more death. The Bible says in Revelation 1-7, Behold, he is coming with what? Clouds and every eye will see him. We, we, read, we read that and studied that this week. There'll be no secret rapture. Nobody's going to just sneak on into heaven. You won't be able to slip in by the back door. When Jesus comes, every eye will see him, and those that have obeyed will go in rejoicing. And those that have not will not go in. Jesus says, for the Son of Man will come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and, them, and then he will reward each according to his work. Pastor Rock got up here and talked about finances, helping the church. That's very important, brothers and sisters, but you can't buy your way into heaven. Don't be fooled. I, I gave all this money to the church, 10, 20, 30 percent. That is fine. That helps us get the message out on this earth. But that's not going to get you into heaven. It's obedience to God's word. Now we live in a world where the air is polluted. But soon it will reflect God's glory because the, the, the pollution of this earth will soon pass away. The Bible says in 1 Thessalonians 4, 16, for the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God and the dead in Christ will rise first. Those of us who have lost loved ones, we trust by faith that they are resting in Jesus as they rest in their graves. Not in heaven, because we found the other night, we talked about it the other night, if Jesus is coming and the dead in Christ are going to be raised and everybody has already gone to heaven, is he going to tell them, okay, uh, come together, come together, I need everybody to go back down to earth Get into graves so when I send my son, you can ra be raised up again. Brothers and sisters, don't be fooled. And don't let your friends be fooled. Nobody goes to heaven when they die. They go to rest in their graves. But the day is coming when the Lord will come and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Some of us have lost husbands and brothers and sisters Christians never say the last goodbye. There's always a hope that 
we will see them again. But the important aspect of that is, will you be ready to see them again? Because the righteous dead will be raised, but the righteous living will be there too. But if you are not a righteous living, my brothers and sisters, you won't see your loved ones. And I want to see a brother that I lost. I want to see two roommates that I lost in school. I want to see them again. If you look at 1 Thessalonians 4.13, you will find that we have a hope that others don't have. Others think that when individuals die, they are gone. But we know and believe that when Jesus comes, he will raise our loved ones again. This is the reality. The day is coming where we'll see our loved ones again. But it is evident that right now in this world, there is something wrong. Wars everywhere. In Africa, one tribe killing the people of another tribe. In the Middle East, the Palestinians are fighting against the Israelis. In Northern Ireland, the Protestants and the Catholics are fighting. Children are dying of starvation with fat, distended bellies. If you look at them, you would say, oh, they're full. But no, they are starving. In this country... Highways are full of drunk drivers, killing families, killing children. Hospitals are full of thousands of people who are dying of cancer. Something is wrong. Is there hope? Yes, my brothers and sisters, there is hope. This trouble won't last always. You and I were not made to be sick. You and I were not made to have illnesses, to have arthritis and rheumatism. We were made to have joy and happiness and gladness and to live and not die. One day soon, Jesus is coming to change these bodies to newness of life. I'm looking forward to that day. You, you ready for your new body? Are you happy with that when some of the brothers have been going to the gym, working out? You know, I'm ready. Some of the ladies have their look too. But the day is coming where you're going to have a perfect body if you trust the Lord and say, I don't want this one. I want the one the Lord. The day is coming where God, through his son Jesus, is going to give us new bodies. Bodies that will not perish. 1 Corinthians 15, 52, and 53 says, And we shall be changed, for this corruptible must put on incorruption. And this mortal must put on what? Immortality. Our bodies will not perish. Sister Donna... Your eyes will be restored. 
my father who's here in a wheelchair, you will be able to stand up. Those of you who have walkers and crutches, you will be able to throw them aside and walk in newness of life. If you've lost a limb, it will be restored. If you have rheumatism, cancer, diabetes, it will all disappear. Because it wasn't supposed to be yours in the first place. It was a ploy of the devil to make you think that God didn't love you. 1 Thessalonians 4.17, Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them, the dead who have been raised. Caught up, not raptured, caught up. To meet them in the air. To meet the Lord in the air. And thus shall we be always with the Lord. Not just a one-time uh, one thing. Like I, like I told you the other day, we had an opportunity to be in the same room with President Obama. That's probably the only time I'll have that opportunity. But you know what? I would rather spend an eternity in the presence of my God, in the presence of Jesus, in my new body. Now, my wife and I go back and forth on this about will I still be taller than her? <laughs> and she tells me sometimes that, that for, for a little bit she might be taller than me and then I'll, I'll surpass her. I don't know, babe. Doesn't matter. Just as long as we both get there together, that's the important thing. What will our mortal bodies look like? We don't know. But we know that they won't perish. They won't be... There won't be any pain. There won't, we won't be vapors just floating around. Why? Philippians 3, 20 and 21 says, For our citizenship is in heaven, from which we also eagerly wait for the Lord, for, for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our bodies, transform our lowly bodies, that it may be conformed to his glorious body. Jesus has a glorious body. And this transformation will be a recognizable transformation. You remember when, when Mary went to the tomb and she saw Jesus, but at first she just thought it was a gardener. But when he said Mary, she recognized his voice. And then she looked and recognized that it was Jesus. Brothers and sisters, we will recognize each other in glory. Your friends will recognize you. The disciples on the road to Emmaus, when they were walking with Jesus, they weren't sure, but when they sat down to break bread together, they recognized that this was Jesus Christ. You and I will recognize one another. We will be flesh and bone. For Adam said in the beginning when Eve was created for him and he, he, he woke up and saw her. What did he say? Now this is bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. We will be recognizable. We will have perfect bodies. But what about the unsaved? What will their condition be when they are raised? 2 Thessalonians 1.9 said, These shall be 
punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his powers. For 1,000 years, the saved who have been in their graves that have been resurrected and those that were alive when Jesus comes and obedient and saved will spend 1,000 years in heaven. But what will we be doing for that 1,000 years? We will search the books. We have friends who we thought were going to be there. And they're not going to be there. And we'll be able to look in the books and see why they didn't make it. What choice they made that caused them to miss out on glory. The wicked will be there. We will be sad for a moment. But we will see that they have made their choice. For you see, when Jesus comes, the wicked will be destroyed by the brightness of his coming. When we are taken to glory for that thousand years, there will be no human beings on this earth. Just Satan and his angels. Nobody to tempt. All they have is time to anticipate their ultimate fate. At the end of a thousand years, we will return, and it will be the most magnificent occasion. Jesus is coming, but now we're coming back to our home in newness of life. Revelation 21, 1 says, Now I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first, earth and the fir for, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Also, there was no more sea. Did you know that? No more sea, Atlantic Ocean, uh, Pacific Ocean, Mediter Mediterranean Sea. Imagine now we'll have that much more land to explore. And it will not be barren land. It will not be land that is just a wasteland. It will all be beautiful. John says, then I, John, saw a holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adored for her husband. I remember how my, my bride looked. You know, it kind of made your, you, you see your bride coming, your, your hands shake, you got to make sure your knees are bent so you, they don't get locked and you pass out. <laughs> you, you, you might shed a little tear because you're saying, Lord, is this really for me? It's a wonderful occasion. And that's what this new Jerusalem is going to be like. Like a bride adorned for her husband. John says further, And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them. Right now the universe revolves around where God is. But the day is coming where this lost planet will be restored. And this lost planet God will be here. So the rest of the universe will revolve around this planet, this formerly lost planet. God will be with us. He will have come and reclaimed us to restore this lost planet, this lost sheep, as it were. And he will live with us in newness of life. 
The day is coming where this will be the heavenly place. Heaven is a real place. But when that holy city comes down, Satan will marshal all the warriors, all the gladiators, all the wicked warriors of the whole world. And they will attempt to take the city. Revelation 20 and 9 says, They went up on the breath of the earth and surrounded the camp of the saints and the beloved city. But what does it say? And fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. Satan and the wicked will rest the city. But fire comes down from God and utterly destroys them. And out of the ashes, God, through Jesus, will, re will restore this earth. And we will live in newness of life. Revelation 21.4 says, And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death, no more sorrow, no more crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things are passed away. In other words, we won't live for an eternity remembering the stuff that went on down here. When we're changed, after we come back after that thousand years, we will have been satisfied that heaven was cheap enough, that everybody was given the opportunity to follow God, and those who didn't were lost. And God is exonerated from what Satan said. God can't be, he can't be obeyed. We can't keep. Yes, we can. And Jesus has proved that, and the day is coming where we will enjoy the wonders of heaven. No more war, no more suffering, no more disappointment. I'm looking forward to that day. How about you? Amen. Brothers and sisters, Revelation 14, 4 says, These are the ones who followed the Lamb. Wherefore he goes. We've had three of them established today. They chose to follow the Lord, and these were redeemed from among men, being the first fruits of God and the Lamb. What will we do for a thousand years? Not just a thousand years, for an eternity. I can't imagine it. I can't imagine what's going to happen, but you know what? I don't want to miss it. I don't want to miss it, and I pray that you don't either. We will study the wonders of, of the world, of the universes. Not just our universe, other universes. And as I said earlier, we will be able to fly and enjoy it. We will learn about different plant life. We will learn about uh, how, how chloroform is developed. We, we will learn about all of that. The angels will share with us the beauty of nature. Heaven is a wonderful and glorious place. Our minds will be challenged. We won't just, you know, they say, they say a genius uses 10% of their brain. Imagine what the rest of us are using. <laughs> but one day soon we'll have the full capacity of our brain, Amen. our minds, and, and we'll be able to go into galaxies and see the beauty of what God has made. Isaiah 65 and verse 17 says, For behold, I create new heavens and a new earth, and the former 
shall not be remembered or come into mind. I don't want to remember this earth. I don't want to remember anything negative when I get to glory. I'm looking forward to the day when Jesus comes. When I can sit with lions and tigers and says in Isaiah 11, 6 and 9, and the leopard shall lie down with a kid. They shall not be hurt nor destroy in any of my holy mountain. Can you imagine if right now I asked the ushers to open the doors and let that lion in over there and the tiger in over there, the bear will come in this door? How many of y'all would just sit there and say, oh, that is so beautiful. <laughs> I believe you all would find the one door that is open and everybody is going to get out that door one way or the other. But brothers and sisters, the day is coming where we will enjoy the beauty of nature, even of God's animals, all together united with Jesus. We will participate in real activities in the new earth. Isaiah 65, 20, 21 and 23, they shall build houses and inhabit them. They shall plant vineyards and eat their fruit. They shall not build and another inhabit. But somebody says, wait a minute. Didn't Jesus go and, build and, and prepare a place for us? Aren't there mansions? Do I have to work when I get to heaven? Brothers and sisters, this kind of work is going to be a joyous work. Because it's going to be your home. It's going to be your vineyard. Right now, you don't own your house. Miss a payment. <laughs> Miss one payment. The bank is on the line. Okay. Miss two. You're in trouble. But we will build houses, we will plant gardens, and we will inhabit them. And it says further, And my elect shall long enjoy the work of their hands. They shall not labor in vain, nor bring forth children for trouble. That's a whole other sermon there. And when, when, when I hit that, my mind started working. I said, oh, children, bring forth. Mm, mm, we're going to talk about that. Then further, it says, for they shall be descendants of the blessed of the Lord and their offspring with them. Brothers and sisters, I love my children. I don't want them to be lost. I don't want my son to miss heaven. I don't want my daughter to miss heaven. I'm going to do all that I can to present Jesus to them. The decision is theirs to make, and when they're ready to make it, with, which they have, they make it. They don't say, oh, just because my dad's a pastor, I got to be ready for heaven. That won't get them in. They have to have a relationship with the Lord. You won't get in on the merits of someone else. No matter who your pastors are, no matter what church you go to, it is Jesus. He is the way to make it in. He says, no man cometh unto the Father but by me. We will walk through beautiful gardens and enjoy nature together. We will smell roses that we have never smelled before. New varieties of roses, as it were. And fruit, luscious fruit. I, 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 you, know, you know how your mouth waters when you think about a thing too long? Sometimes I have to be careful thinking about heaven and the fruit 
as I start salivating. Because I want to taste it. I don't want to miss it. I mean, I love mangoes down here. Some mangoes, I, I, when I was in the Philippines, mangoes, whoa, they were just so sweet. And just before I left, this lady gave me like 20 mangoes, and it just broke my heart because I know they weren't going to let me take them on the plane. I tried to eat as many mangoes as I could before I left. <laughs> Praise the Lord, I didn't get sick. But those mangoes were so sweet. I'm looking forward to going to Jamaica because I hear they got some good mangoes in Jamaica. Yes, sir. I'm looking forward to all the luscious vegetation heaven has to offer, or rather the new earth has to offer. Thank God that one day God's plan will be fulfilled. Matthew 8, 11 says, And I say to you that many will come from the east and from the west and sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. Imagine talking to Abraham, asking, how, how did it feel when you took your son Isaac up and, and you raised the knife and, and, and got ready to take his life? Were you really going to do it? And Abraham's going to tell you yes. Abraham, others, other prophets who followed God and did his will, we will be able to sit down with them. The Bible says in Hebrew eleven eight, by faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out of the place which he would receive as an inheritance. But get this, and he went out, what? Not knowing where he was going. He obeyed God, not even knowing what he's going, where he was going. Some of us want to know all the details. Lord, where do you want me to go? Who's there? How long do I have to stay? What do I get when I get there? When God asks you to go, brothers and sisters, follow his word. Because you can be guaranteed he has already prepared the place for you. You don't have to be afraid. And it says, and he went out not knowing where he was going. Imagine Moses grew up in Pharaoh's temple. Grew up being admired as the daughter of Pharaoh. But when he found out about Jesus, when he found out about God and his will and his way for him, it says in Hebrews eleven twenty four and 27, by faith, Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. In other words, he turned in his keys. He didn't want the things Pharaoh had. He chose rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing, passing pleasures of sin. How many of you now are enjoying the passing pleasures of sin, missing eternal life that is soon to come. Says further, he esteemed the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he looked for a reward. By faith, he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, 
for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. In other words, he had a connection with God. He wasn't worried about Pharaoh. He was more concerned about being obedient to God's will and God's way. Moses had a choice. He could choose to accept God and receive the reward of eternal life. And Moses is in heaven right now, brothers and sisters. Or he could have chosen to stay true to Pharaoh. And he'd probably be buried in some Egyptian pyramid right now, waiting for some archaeologist to find him. But I, I'm glad that Moses made the choice he made, and I pray that you make the same choice. Obey God, for heaven is real, brothers and sisters, and we don't want to miss it. We talked about lions. Imagine talking to Daniel. Say, Daniel, how did it feel to, to, to have a, a lion pillow? That was a beautiful stand for God. Amongst the lions, he still stood for God, and God shut the mouth of the lions. Paul, on the road to Damascus, how did it feel to get knocked down off your, off your horse and, and hear God speak to you? Or Peter, walking on water. How many of you have been to a swimming pool or been out to the, to the beach or somewhere and, and tried to walk on water? Tell the truth. <laughs> Just try it. You step out and or you get those little floaties and you think you can stand on those. No, you can't even stand on those. There's only, way to, only one way to walk on water, and that's keeping your eyes on Jesus. Peter, I'd love, I'd love to hear his story. He said, how did, how did it feel? You're walking on water, and all of a sudden you hear your boys back there. Oh, look at Peter. And you say, yeah, yeah, look at me. Down he goes. <laughs> how did that feel? But even more so, how did it feel when you turned and Jesus was right there? You didn't even go under the water. And he brought you up. Brothers and sisters, the Lord has brought all of us out of something. And it had to feel good. If you look back now and say, oh, I'm glad I'm not where I used to be. But I know I'm not where I need to be or where I'm going to be. The day is coming where heaven will be cheap enough. And you and I will have stories to tell. For you see, we will have survived this rebellious planet. And angels are going to wonder, how did you do it? How did you fight against the enemy? And we will be able to tell them only by the grace of God through Jesus Christ. You and I will have our story. Will you be there to be able to tell your story? Are you even aware that you have a story right now? In other words, are you witnessing to others right now from whence God has brought you, where you are now, how happy you are in the Lord right now? You are happy, aren't you? I know, I, know, I know the hour's late, and I know we've been doing a lot of stuff, but you all don't look happy. We're talking about heaven. I should, y'all, well, we don't cheer and jump around like that, but the day is coming. Isaiah 66, 23, and says, And it shall come to pass 